Hello, today I have Essence Bell with me. Hi, Essence. Hi. <laughs> um, if you could just introduce yourself to the, the folks. Yeah, I am Essence, so I'm currently a senior at Michigan State University. I'll be graduating soon, but I am 22 years old, and I live in Detroit, from Detroit, born and raised. I am majoring in advertising with a concentration in management, and just at the moment, currently in my life, I've really been focused on this podcast that I have for myself, mm -hmm. as well as just, like, transitioning into adulthood, like... Mm -hmm trying to find a job trying to I guess balance my life in a different environment because I'm so prone to being at MSU mm -hmm. so having to be back home and just like with my family like them having to adjust to just like my how I'm just prone to be busy or prone to like I can't do everything at once so mm -hmm. yeah um do you have a lot of responsibilities in your household not necess not necessarily actually I don't like I noticed how my household is not, like very non-traditional mm -hmm. because I like I feel like my family acknowledged the fact that I'm like an adult and I take on a lot of responsibilities such as like investing I pay for like all my bills and things mm -hmm. like that but I do know that like if I do need them for whatever like they're there for me mm -hmm. but at home like I don't like I have less responsibilities which is like ironic but yeah, yeah. <laughs> do you think that was the same case for like your mom and dad or do you know definitely definitely not yeah. um if anything for my dad I would say because he like was the middle child so he had like a younger brother and an older brother so the work was always like equally distributed amongst all of them unlike mm -hmm. my mom she was raised by her great grandmother so like she was in the house with like her dad and all her uncles and just like a lot of men mm -hmm. so for her her like task would be like feminine so it would be like oh you wash the dishes or you iron mm -hmm. clothes yeah. but it would be her own stuff mm -hmm. like she didn't have to do much like her grandmother did a lot because she was doing that for the household anyway right so so your grandmother kind of acknowledged that she does a lot for the household and like for your mom she kind of did want the same thing or do you think it just kind of happened naturally I, I think it just happened naturally I feel like she tried to like give my mom that advice like this is what a woman is supposed to do like you're supposed to manage your household you're supposed to be that backbone to your husband mm. but she didn't like make her do that because I guess my since my mom was like the only daughter mm -hmm. little girl it was like she was kind of spoiled into just doing only certain things yeah is that how your mom, like, kind of approaches you with life, or do you notice it? Yeah, like, she, she's really, uh, so, my mom, when, like, I was younger, it was really just, like, if I had to do chores or anything, she really just wanted to teach me responsibility. Like, if she had me do something, she would explain why, like, I want you to learn how to cook, mm -hmm. so that, like, if I have to work late, you can be able to, like, feed yourself. Like, mm -hmm. it was always an explanation as to why I did things. And, like, me being the only child, I, like, I did I did more than what she had to do. But mm -hmm. it wasn't, like, I was doing anything extreme. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's definitely untraditional for, like, that type of communication between, like, parent and child, I think. Um, yeah. Not as, like, sorry, I got a text. Um, not too untraditional. Well, I think it is pretty untraditional because um, I think a lot of kids are asked to do things or told to do things without explanation, and they're just like, well, why? And, yeah, I'm on the phone. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> okay, please continue. I'm sorry. Yeah, but it was it's very non-traditional because I noticed like how my friends, they usually have a lot of responsibilities either because they are the only child or just because that's just the way they household work. Like, they parent try to, I guess, have them grow fast or have that sense of maturity mm -hmm. early, which I feel like I did, but within reason. Mm -hmm. For me, I guess just my, my parents, they gave me whatever was necessary at that age. So at seven, it was like I got a house key so that I could, like, after school, I could, like, walk home. Or, like, I got a phone, but I got it at different stages of my life mm. that was appropriate. Yeah. So I, I wasn't, like, five years old having to babysit, like, right. how most 
brothers are because they have brothers and sisters, so they had to like do those things. Yeah. 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 Um I definitely had a lot I feel like I had a lot of responsibility as a kid and like that really accelerated a lot of my consciousness and just like awareness of the world. So like me when I would be told to do things, I would always want to know like why cuz I was already kind of conscious of the answer, but I think it's very untraditional for children to be told why, but I think it's very necessary for, like, the learning experience. Like, Mm -hmm. it's definitely so, so necessary. So, yeah, I'm glad that your mom was like that, (laughs) your parents. Yeah, I have a very honest mom, though. Like, I am an honest person. I just had a mom that just was upfront with me about everything. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't... I feel like that's just a thing in my family to be very upfront, honest. So she passed that on to me. Mm-hmm. So it was never like, like she was just very clear. Like she wanted me to have a real deep understanding of whatever was going on. Mm-hmm. And like at the time that could seem far-fetched because most parents wasn't doing it. Mm-hmm. But now like, I feel like that's why I just have such a strong connection with my family or I'm just more aware and have that intensiveness because people were just upfront with me. Yeah. So like, since they're so upfront, um, thank God. That's very. That's such a privilege to have a very um, transparent relationship with like your your family. Because you know a lot of family members don't like to disclose a lot of shit. So yeah. um, knowing that, like, do you have conversations with your family around some traumas that they may go through, or um, is this like an open dialogue that you have? Often yeah, or we at have all? a pretty open dialogue about everything (laughs) like I can say my family is one of those families that's like anything this could be like a con and a pro but like anything that is going on everyone is pretty much well informed on it to like the last detail Mm -hmm. and I could bring up those conversations I could we could have those uncomfortable conversations and it's not an issue so it was times when I was younger that I would like if I noticed something like I noticed how one of my family members would think a certain kind of way or do things differently in a household. I would ask because I'm just a curious person. Right. So I would, especially because my mom is always upfront, honest with me. So when I don't have an answer, I'm like, okay, like what's going on? Right. So yeah, I can't. I it's not one family member that I feel like I can't go to and like get a reason for something that happened in the past. If they don't know, it probably be like old age because it happened so long ago. It's mm-hmm. like how can they remember? Yeah. So, um, also on that note, like, what, um, if you could just go ahead and give me your definition of generational trauma, um, and also just, if you can, I think it's very important for us to know what those are. So if you could just kind of offhand anything you could think of, um, as a trauma that you are continuing to experience or have experienced. Yeah, I would say... I would define generational trauma as, like, a a situation that has impacted you in, like, your mental or physical capacity that has, like, prevented you from achieving, like, your goals or prevented you from being, like, the fullest version of yourself. Mm-hmm. And for me, for my family, mental illness is a big generational curse mm-hmm. and the reason why I say that is because like everyone in my family who does have a mental illness like they didn't it was just one moment that like sparked it it was never like ongoing issues or anything which is why it's very like like a trauma thing because like the person who will have it they will raise their kids a certain kind of way their kids have to deal with things like for example, we have a lot of bipolar, or schizophrenia, mm-hmm. or um, just anxiety, just a lot of, all of depression, all of those things from different family members, from all ages, from, like, I think the oldest person in my family now is, like, 60, who mm-hmm. has that? Yeah. Going to, like, the youngest age of, like, um, like, 18, so mm-hmm. it's a lot of and that's really the biggest thing that as a generational curse and for also women not being receptive to love because Mm -hmm. like 
my family is the women are like the strongholds like we don't want to keep everything together so I can't even say like I was raised like to not not say respect the man, but my mom went through a lot of marriages. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it was like, she treated them like she didn't need them. Yeah. Like, so it's interesting how now when I date, it's like, I have to be like, okay, I have to consider someone else. Like, mm-hmm. I, I can't be, like, this power dynamic, I can't always have the upper hand. Mm-hmm. And it's hard, because that's just all the women in my family are like, the, the head of the household, they're the ones who keep everything running smoothly. So, Same. yeah. Same. I can definitely identify with that. It's really been hard for me to like, because my mom is, my mom's like that. My grandma's like that. Her sisters are like like this. I don't think anyone, any of the women in my family right now are with, are partnered with anyone. Mm -hmm. I, any, okay. I have one aunt. I have one aunt that has a boyfriend. Yeah. But that is it because they've all been, like misused once or twice or however many times and they've just been like fuck that from now on (laughs) like no they are just very cut off like I will never need a man for anything and if I if he is in my presence then I've got to be on guard at all times and like that's been something that I've been so um aware of as I get older especially like dating and like I'm like I don't want to be like that like I want to consider my partner as like as that a partner um and if I don't trust you in that aspect I think that's where they lacked where like just allowing someone to be in your life that you don't trust like why would you do that um so like that's definitely as the female generational curse or trauma um for, for my family as well um on the mental illness um tip um do you notice a pattern of like the women not seeking help because they're like these strong yeah strongholds yeah I, like they don't that's what out. it is it's like they're used to being the ones that fix things or like they don't need anyone. So when mental illnesses come into play, like my mom, she has bipolar and schizophrenia and I didn't know all my life. Like I didn't know until I was 18 because she had other medical issues where mm-hmm. like they had to like change her dosages. Mm-hmm. But like, yeah, she just, I would have never knew. My mom didn't go to a therapist. She didn't, like, I would have never. She was taking medication known. for it? Yeah, she was taking medication, but she like, for I guess like once my mom had like this what was it a thyroid cancer so they Mm. had to put her on like chemo she had to go through like all this other therapy so they end up having to like change her dosages for the medicine she was taking Mm -hmm. and that like end up I just saw episodes in her that I just was I was not familiar with but all that all that time she was supposed to like go to a therapist to receive her medicine because her condition was that like extreme yeah. I would have never I would have never known because she just kept it together but the women they I feel like asking for help is like a hard thing even for me like it's I will wait until mm-hmm. the literally the last minute to ask for help mm-hmm. and it shouldn't be like that but that's where like that generational curse because it's just like a natural impulse in me where I'm like I got it Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> you got it until you don't. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I feel that for sure. So, like, has anyone in your family ever sought out help or got any? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, besides so your mom, I would say in recent years, yes, mm-hmm. because like it has the number of people in my family just have grown, and every instance is something different. Like, I have a cousin who she graduated from MSG last year, and she had like ended up having a nervous breakdown and when she had went into like her episodes of like bipolar it was different than my mom Mm -hmm. so we all had to like I guess we everyone got help but help that was appropriate for them because Mm -hmm. she didn't like that cousin didn't like taking medicine so we had to approach that in a different situation right but every what I would say is in recent years everyone has like seeked help mm-hmm. just because they see the impact that it has had on not just them but the entire family mm-hmm. and I just think that they just want better I love it I love it because you don't hear 
that often of like families finally coming around to to the fact that because when I told my family like I was seeing um, a therapist they were like what's wrong with you I'm like the same shit that's wrong with y'all like come on now (laughs) come on like we all should have been seeing therapists are y'all crazy like yes we are crazy so like I my family's still coming around to that so I'm glad I'm I'm so elated to hear that your fam your family came around to like as a community like hey we should all like <laughs> see someone yeah um, for sure. and, and i feel like just it's just been a difference i think people like reflect it and seeing like look this is what we were going through and how things were and after a therapist this was happening now mm-hmm. yeah and like we we have these resources now, like, why not use them? I don't know about you, but I come from a pretty religious family, so, like, they feel like God is, like, the cure for everything, which he is. Yes. But he also put, (laughs) but he also put, like, these God-given talents in people and as a resource to us, like, people who understand um, brain patterns and people who understand um, anatomy, like, He's given them these talents to to be a resource to us. So um, I don't, I don't think a lot of people understand that, especially church folks. They yeah. Be like, no, no I, we go pray my for this. family is very religious. Like mm-hmm. our church is very strict. You have to have like your skirt a certain length. You mm-hmm. cannot cheat yes, I'm not allowed to have tattoos. Like Ooh. that's why all of my tattoos now are like in hidden places. <laughs> I just didn't care anymore. I didn't care anymore because I was like, listen. I just, I just didn't like, I honestly, like, I stopped going to, like, a lot of, like, my church events and services, and I really go to my friend's churches, or I love Transformation Church, which is online, mm-hmm, same. so I, yeah. like, watch the stuff, yeah. because, like, my church just got, they wasn't as progressive as I am, mm-hmm. so I couldn't stay there. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I definitely, I haven't been to church physically um, in years. I would say um, it's mostly like podcasts or, like you said, Transformation Church online, like webinars. I I haven't been in a church house in a minute, so and that's one of yeah. the reasons because it's it's not that great of an experience for me. Or I'm always in there like, what are y'all talking about? Like, is this? Yeah, and I think it's a stigma on it because like, was it Kanye made a good point? I don't Kanye's been crazy, but I agree with him when he said this because he said his daughter North sees church differently than his experience. Like he hated going to church as a kid because it mm-hmm. made him feel bad about himself. Mm-hmm. Unlike North, she can embrace it because it's embracing her. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And all of our like it's not this like bashful um environment anymore mm-hmm. yeah. as as it was before. Like you would go in there and it'd be like why do you have tattoos? Why are you, why is your nose pierced? Why are you wearing long yeah. nails? Why? I can see your tattoo. I can see your legs. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's, yes. it be- why don't you have a slip on? Like, it's just the most craziest stuff. And like- you know, that stuff will like transfer into like homes, like in how yeah. people were raised, which brings us to this generational trauma where like, I feel like church expectations went into household expectations. Um, and then they're like, that's where we kind of like battle between generations um, yeah. as far as like seeking help or being just receptive to like everything. But um, yeah, we have just been talking and I don't even remember if I asked you. <laughs> <laughs> well, the last question we left off was like, I define. Yes. Okay. Thank you. Okay. I'm so glad you reminded I'm so good. Um, so my next question will be, um, if you had the privilege to um, ask your elders any questions, did I already ask you this? No. I didn't. I've just been doing it all day, so. <laughs> I'll it's okay. Um, if you had the privilege to ask any of your elders um, any questions, like alive or dead, um, like, what kind of questions would you ask them? Like, what are you curious about? I think I would ask, so my great-grandmother on, like, my mom's side, she raised my mom. So that was, she was raised by her grandma. Mm-hmm. And not, like, just by choice, because she just loved being at her grandma's house. So she just, <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. So, I, love that. I mean, she was the only girl there. So, mm-hmm. um, I would 
asked her because she was like the glue of the family. Like I have her middle name. I would have had her first name, which was Johnny. But mm. I thank God I have Beatrice as her middle name. But um, Beatrice, I didn't know that. She, my well, so we call her my grandma B, and my Aww. grandma B was like the glue of the family. Like she just kept everything together she was a very progressive person and for like the era that she was living in and raised in that was different because we had to do like intersectionality being black and being a woman you have to deal with a lot of things mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. she didn't always live in michigan my family migrated from tennessee mm-hmm. so her coming up here and then starting a family and she just being the head of like the household i felt i would just ask her like as I want to continue to be a strong woman, but how do I? Because she was with my grandfather for, like, high school until, like, they both died and passed. Mm-hmm. But I just want to know how, like, in the same space, how can I have the capacity to be a strong woman but not be intimidated and, like, like shun out love or shun out, like, mm-hmm. having those deeper connections with people because they feel like I'm not... Like, I'm trying to just, like, take control or not, like, include them into decisions. I feel mm-hmm. like that's what I would ask her. Because those are a lot of, like, pain points that I see myself getting through, like, at my job or just in class. Like, I just see myself being that dominant person. And mm-hmm. I'm like, it's not because I'm a Leo. <laughs> <laughs> right. And I just, I would ask her that because I don't want that to be something that, like, enables me to have deeper connections with people or just to like lose opportunities or to just be seen as like someone who I'm not I want Mm -hmm. all of my actions to be a reflection of who I am absolutely um and I think if people really know you um are or are meant to be a part of your community they will understand your intention around everything so um oh thank you Lauren I just got an interview for (laughs) I've been applying to like so so many jobs um, as graduation is approaching um, and I just got some really good news but um, yes um, but did you get to experience like I don't know it's hard to like as a child you might not have seen it but do you think that she was maintaining that balance or do you think it was like hard for her I think she was maintaining it pretty well, just based because, mm-hmm. like, like I said, my mom tells me everything. She was very upfront with me, and like, she was maintaining a lot. And she was just that person that even people who wasn't in our family felt like they could go to, mm-hmm. because she just had that like dominant just ambiance to her. And mm-hmm. like, I think she was doing a good job. And I feel like what really happened was like when she got sick that's where she wasn't able to maintain it because she had breast cancer. Mm. So it was like, for her, it was a challenge to not be as dominant. You right. got to rely on other people because you're sick. Mm-hmm. So I think if anything, if I could ask her, it would be in that, that point of mm. her life where she yeah. was sick. And it's like, you can't be like the head. Like this is like the end all be all for mm-hmm. you. Wow. That's really beautiful. I almost got choked up off of that. <laughs> Don't make me cry on my damn show, please. I just can't. I can't do that today. <laughs> but, um, yeah, that's really, really beautiful. Um, in those moments of, like, real vulnerability, like, it's yes. really hard to imagine, like, are the people that we see as, like, the real, real strong people. The hero. Yeah, the yeah. hero experiencing anything that might scare them or make them like vulnerable to to receive um help from anybody like that must yeah that must have been like really yeah I'm curious to know too so granny b can you um come to essence in your dreams or (laughs) so we can have answers for this thank you (laughs) I just I just I don't know and she died she died a year before I was born wow so I just wish I had like just some connection to her Mm -hmm. but like I guess like in my moment I get vulnerable sometimes too, but I guess like in my moments of weaknesses or in my moments where I feel like I'm questioning myself, I just feel like this that generational curse, it it will come to light, but it won't it won't be as like I guess like it won't be destructive. I won't mm-hmm. feel like I'm like self destructive about it. I just feel it coming on. And yeah. I'm like, okay, this gives me the strength that I need to mm-hmm. like get through whatever I'm going through. Yeah, like identifying it as this thing that could 
motivate you but also like destroy you you know like you yes but I think identifying it as such is is like the first step of like getting ahead of it for sure um Mm -hmm. like hey I know that this is like my strength but also the thing that like maybe um stopping me from doing this next thing you know what I mean like developing right, relationships yeah. like, it could be a barrier mm-hmm. it could be a barrier to success for sure yeah like almost a burden yeah um I definitely identify with that as well and I think a lot of black women may identify with that because we've always had mm-hmm. to be like so um so tough because yes we had to be every woman like when Shaka Khan said we had to be every woman <laughs> <laughs> and I don't want to be every woman anymore <laughs> Um, quote in the Bible, and it just goes on to talk about how, like, um, I am weak for the weak, I am strong for the strong, and I just see, like, black women in particular just being, but being whatever we need to be for whatever the situation is. Like, mm-hmm. that Corinthians quote said, I am going to be whatever I need to be for the sake of the gospel. Mm-hmm. But in life, I feel like we just be what we need to be because we feel like that's just what we got to do. Yeah. So, and we yeah. don't have any other options. And, like, like it's hard for black women to be vulnerable because, it, like, we've been misused and disrespected for so long. It's, like, right. it's really hard to, to, to be soft, um, which I identify... Or, like, I, I, I'm aware of when I'm dealing with um, the women of my family. Because I've always been like, why aren't y'all nurturing? Like, like I always want yes, them to be like, yes. oh, come, like, I can't just go. I'm trying to think, like, I was really trying to think the other day how many times my mother hugged me. Like, yeah. like I knew she loved me, but she was not a very affectionate. She's still to this day not very affectionate. My grandmother yeah. isn't very affectionate. My aunts are, like, when people, when we come around each other, like, now we hug, but I had to say something. I had to be yeah. like, yeah, why don't we hug when we come in close vicinity with each other? Like, why are yeah. we not an affectionate um, group of people? And they were like, we just never experienced that. Like, we've never just yeah. been around, like, That's hey, it. give me a hug. It's really weird, like, that you have to... Um, like I had to bring it up. So like that brings me next to my to my next question. Like are we capable like this younger generation of like um nurturing our older generations through like their traumas yeah. like um and when I say that I don't mean like completely fixing it, but I mean um like having these conversations with our our, our elders is honestly like I believe, like, whether my grandmother said it or not, like, she had never had someone ask her those questions, or um, my great-grandfather asking him questions. I don't think he ever had that before, and it's, in a way, this, like, relieving thing, like, oh my gosh, like, I didn't know that I needed to talk about that. So, like, and that, that in a way, is is nurturing to me, like, really checking on the well-being of our, um, of our elders like do you think that we're are we are capable of doing that or do you think it's almost a responsibility now that we know I believe we we are capable Mm -hmm. I I believe we are capable and I'm one of those people that like I'm big on learning so I feel like sure that like if you've learned something that you feel like can impact you and the people around you, I think it's important to share that because mm-hmm. you never know people's experiences and you never know how those, whatever that information is, could just benefit their life. So for me, I for I don't think it's my responsibility because like I already feel like I have to have the weight of the world on my shoulders. Right. But I do feel like it is, um, I'm more than capable of having the capacity to sit and have those conversations and give those resources. Like, you mentioned the hugging thing. Like, I feel that because I'm not, a, I don't have an affectionate family. Like, Mm-mm. like I don't know how to, I just don't, simply don't know how. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until, like, my dad's side, my mom's side came together. And my dad was like, yeah, like, after your, I think I had like a, we had like a barbecue or something. He was like, yeah, after the barbecue, like no one hugged. Y'all didn't hug us. <laughs> <laughs> and I just was like, I didn't realize it. And yeah. I, like he said it and I'm just like, we don't do that. Like we don't do that when here. I go to my dad's house, literally I, when I 
go to my dad's house, he like every night before I go to bed, he give me a hug mm-hmm. and a kiss on the forehead, and I'm not used to that. Yes. Good night. Yes. Like, whoa, what you doing? <laughs> like, relax. I was so like, what are you doing? Like, he did that every night, and it's just, it's just interesting to see how like that dichotomy of just mannerisms or just how your family communicates or just show affection is very different on both sides. But yeah, I, I. Recently, at years, my great grandmother, well, my grandmother, and my mom, and my dad's side, I'm very close to both of them, mm-hmm. and I talk to them like they my homegirls. Mm-hmm. So I sit and tell them, like, girl, this is not it. Like, Yay. you got to be better. <laughs> like, for and I'll say things from my perspective, like, and try to connect with them. Like, yeah, when you were younger and in the time you were living in, that was probably acceptable, mm-hmm. or that was probably what kept things flowing but now that's Mm -hmm. a challenge on me that's a strain on my life and then they able to understand yeah I love coming to those points with um our our elders because it is really hard for them to even imagine the things that we're talking about but it's also I know it's hard for them um as long as they've been living on this earth um to literally listen to someone younger than them um tell them something that they've like something new it can be sometimes threatening to them but if you're around the right elder they'll they'll appreciate it so I've I've experienced both but I can understand at the same time how weird it could be because that's like um a little five-year-old coming up to you and like noticing something about you and like telling you something and it's so spot on and you're like but you're fine like you know like so I always like try to put it in that perspective it's like what the okay but yeah so I can understand but honestly like like the last person I just interviewed Jalen he said like when you um when you equate yourself to like to knowing nothing like the world becomes um much more enjoyable um, and I think, yeah. like, even at any age, you, you never really know everything, but, like, that's the experience when we have, let's be honest, like, when we're around older generations, it's like, I know this, right. this, and that, and I've been living this long, but it's like, you can't possibly know. Know everything. Everything. A, a wise man knows he knows nothing at all, like, mm-hmm. that's one of my favorite quotes, and mm-hmm. I even say that, and, like, I say that often in my life, in job interviews, I'm like, I know I don't know everything, but, mm-hmm. like, I would try hard to know, like, to learn as much as I can, Absolutely. and I, I for sure, like, have those conversations with my elders, like, look, we live in a different time, and I say mm-hmm. this all the time, like, I was raised to live in the time that I live in, mm-hmm. and you were raised to live in the time that you live in, like, my Absolutely. parents raised me to be someone's wife or to be a mother so that's why I don't feel like I need to settle down right now like exactly for what that was what was going on for y'all it's not like that right like and they they get it because when I especially when I just try to have that empathy and I try to sympathize with them and be like well this was my experience and this was yours and look at the difference mm-hmm. yeah yeah I love that and I love having those conversations because it's like y'all sit back like damn like there are some sim- there are some similarities, but at the same time, like we are living two completely different paths, and it's really yeah. hard for. Um, I know, especially explaining my path to an older generation is like it's so hard for me to put it in words. So like now, I just be like, just right, watch. Yeah. If you're you're around for it, God, hopefully, God willing, but just watch because I can't really explain it to you. Just like you might have felt back in the day trying to explain. Um, what you wanted to do. I love asking, like, older generations, like, what they would have wanted to do in life versus, like, what they actually ended up doing. Because, you know, back in the day, a lot of careers weren't seen as such. Or um, So, like, I know that they have experienced a lot of that stuff. So, like, what I don't understand sometimes is, like, if you know you felt a certain way, about a certain situation back in the day, like, why would you want to continue those types of patterns? It's always, like, baffling to me. 
I think it's really just like holding up a certain standard of the family. Mm-hmm. Like everybody's morals and values are pretty established in the family and like going away from them could be seen as a sin in a Christian household mm-hmm. or you could just be seen as just like a black sheep that's just trying to bring the family down. Yeah. So like I questions that I, I tend to ask is just like I like to ask what were you doing like at my age? Mm-hmm. Because my mom, my parents, they got married at a very young age, and they had a life and a family, and I just, it's just funny. I can't imagine, yeah. I just, like, it's just funny, like, right after, like, high school, my parents going to college, and then just literally settling down, buying a house, like, that's a lot to do, and I couldn't imagine doing that at, like, 20, 21, mm-hmm. so... Yeah, but I like to have those conversations because my grandparents, typically they were in college or they were, like, working a job or they was at home and it was like, I wanted to get out the house. And your granddaddy, he just couldn't get off me. So I couldn't move out. They couldn't move out out unless they was married. So they're like, well, let me get married. Yeah, is that crazy? Yeah. Like, it's they had to just get married. Like, the solution to literally everything was just getting married. Like, get yes. married. Yes. Like, my grandmother, um, on my dad's side, she was in school for finance at Wayne State. And she used to take her little brother to school with her to babysit. And he just would go to his own classes. He was going to astronomy classes. Because, you know, in college, you could just walk into any Yeah, <laughs> that's facts, so, facts. And they'd be like, So that's what he was this. doing. Yeah. And now... That uncle is a professor at Penn State. Nice. So it's very interesting. But yeah. my grandmother, she was just in school. And she that's how she met my grandfather. Because they was in the same finance classes. And they ended up working for, like, the state and, like, the financial department. Sweet. But, like, every, everybody had a different story. Everybody don't come from that. It does center around marriage and love. Mm-hmm. But it's never career-wise. Like, I feel like every woman has, and my family has definitely went after their career. Like, they never let a man talk Oh, I love it. I love it. I feel like it was the opposite on my dad's side. It was like, well, on both sides, honestly. Like, my grandma got married very young, um, like 2020. She got married to my grandfather at 20. And, like, she had goals to go to school but never did because she ended up having, like, four kids back-to-back. Yeah. And it was just, like, she got lost, like, well, what does she do? And she ended up being, and I can see why she was so like, that's why I like to ask because I, can you imagine marrying a man? Not, well, I can't imagine because I would never do it, but but marrying really young, um, like literally just putting your, your whole life around your family. And then you end up getting a divorce and you have four children like you just by yourself like so I can understand why when they tell me like she was not a very affectionate woman I'm like she probably didn't have time like to really come home and provide you know like oh let me hold you for a second like to provide that affection and to keep everything running smoothly that's a lot but then okay so you know, two sides to every, a couple sides to every story. The thing is, I heard, um, you know, the way she tells it, she was like working, working, working. My aunts are like, she wasn't working at all. So I'm like, well, who was lying? Because <laughs> who? Because there's no way that she was just leaving the house and not working. You know what I mean? So yeah. I love like. I don't know. I'm just an investigator. Oh, that's juicy. It's very juicy because I would never just go to my grandma now, though, and be like, so you weren't working, huh? Like, (laughs) these stories you tell about being a single mother and working on your own. The thing is, though. Huh? She would have been like, how you know that? Right, who told you? Who told you? But, yeah, no. Um, And that's kind of where, like, their frustration, like, between each other. Like, because they... From my experience, like, as, hello. Um, from my experience, like, as an onlooker, like, they didn't have the best relationship, um, in my opinion, like, her and her daughters, like, she was very coddly to her son. 
um, who's my uncle, who's the, the youngest, um, which I felt like they were pretty jealous of as well. But like, that's how her mother was with her brothers so like Uh, okay yeah yeah so like all those like little patterns and and things like that I've been very aware of because you know we're getting up there in age and like while I'm pursuing this career I'm also like you know I might want to have family one day I'm not gonna completely write it off but right now mm -mm. great yeah I'm not I definitely take notes like I acknowledge patterns especially with me like going to see like a therapist like she helps me like and guide me through those patterns so I just want to, and we live in such a time where things are just so, things are coming to light. Mm-hmm. Like I have a lot of like gay family members and like it's interesting how the world treats like people who are part of the LGBTQ community mm-hmm. and how I never knew, like mm-hmm. I was a kid and I just like, that's just my uncle, that's just my aunt. So right. it was interesting people having an issue with that. Yeah. So just like. I guess for me, I have taken notes, and I do want to de- apply those things to when I develop a family, or went to my next marriage, and like my last class that I took, the classes of last semester, I took this woman in psychology class, and that changed my life, mm-hmm. because it told me so much about just like, me being a woman, my place in the world, and just how people like, behave around us, mm-hmm. and I just like... I guess that was able to help me with my generational curse and just to be able to see things from a different perspective and why, like, I did things the way I do. But mm-hmm. I think I will, with me acknowledging it and me actively working towards changing it and so that it won't be as destructive, I feel like I could be a better parent than, like, the parents in my family or a better woman. Yeah. yeah. I totally agree because it's, like, until we like identify and really confront these traumas like they will continue and I just I don't want that for my kids like I sometimes I sit back even though I absolutely love my family I wouldn't trade them for the world but I sit back sometimes and it's like whoo it's just a lot this is like (laughs) this is a lot to unpack um but I also and, and sometimes it can be so overwhelming and it's not like I know more than them but it's like I've I know that it doesn't feel right, you know? Like, I can't say that I have answers, but I can be here to raise questions and and provide um, alternative thinking around situations and how, like, we've handled things before. Um, and I don't know. I don't know how they've been, like, feeling about me lately, especially because I... Every, <laughs> yeah, because, yeah, like, every time I'm around, I'm like... Hey, y'all, like, I just, I'm, like, I could just, I see things going on. I'm like, you know what? I'm just observing this situation right now. And I just want to say, <laughs> it is probably, right? They probably be like, oh. but you know what? Sometimes, like, like we are now, like, we're chopping it up and, like, laughing. Like, I try to make it like that. Like, you know, I'm, I'm the jokester at the same time. So, like, whenever I do get serious, people be like, oh, shoot, let's, like, let's listen. So, um. Yeah, so, like, I've just been that person, especially because, like, I have a lot of younger um, people in the family, like, babies. We have, like, a lot of younger cousins, and I just, I see the way certain things are handled or things that they're being taught, and I'm like, that's not, (laughs) I'm not saying I know how you should be doing it, but I think there's another way that you can, and, but, yeah, It's, it's just really, it's a lot. It's a time. Yeah. What a time to be alive. What a time to be alive. But it's also a blessing that we can be so um, aware and just be able to recount our observations. Like, because back in the day, I'm sure they couldn't, there was this, like, you know, tradition yeah, of, no, of children not. Have- yeah. Like, even in my household, I'm still considered as a child. Which sometimes I'm grateful for, but sometimes I'm like, I'm grown as hell. Like, please. Yeah. Um, I have been living through things y'all don't even know about. But, (laughs) (laughs) but um, you know, you know, child, children in children's place. Like, I, I've really been like, what the fuck is that place? Like, what, what is it? Right. Um, I just think that that place is to not challenge them. Like, I hate when I say this all the time. I hate anytime you disagree with an adult or anytime you, like, pose a question, that's, like, 
makes them uncomfortable, mm-hmm. then they want to see you like, oh, you're disrespecting your illness. Yeah. Place. Mm-hmm. And I think they use that as means to like avoid the question, mm-hmm. like or to you know it takes questions them they can't their, answer. Yeah, right. It takes them out of their comfort zone, and mm-hmm. like a child's place isn't really, it's not really a place for you. It's just like remaining in their comfort zone. Mm-hmm. So, yep, and yeah. it's not challenge. Yeah, like that whole. That, just that whole tradition of a child's place. I'm, yeah, like I said, I've just been like, mm-mm. We're not going to keep these babies in child's place because, honestly, they're not in a child's place. If we're, yeah. we're asking children to do adult things, like a lot of the little kids that I, a lot of my little cousins, like, have to look after either some of their siblings or um, do very adult, be bigger people than um, the child's place that we keep talking about. Um and it's like, it's it can be very confusing because I remember being asked to stay in a child's place, well, forced, requested, um, yeah. just by asking questions like, why? You know, I'm like, okay, so children can't ask yeah. why? That's just the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Um, and I still say that. And I'm, gr- and I'm grown enough now that I could be like, that was the dumbest thing y'all could have ever told me to do is not ask why. Or, yeah. or um, giving respect to elders who don't deserve it. Um, that whole I know a pattern that I was just telling someone else like a pattern that I definitely want to destroy is like this um, pattern of children having to respect or younger generations just having to respect elder generations just because because they're that but respect is definitely earned even for children children can be children can feel uncomfortable children can feel they know. They know when they're supposed right. to respect someone. They they yeah. will feel it. They will want to do it. But it's definitely earned. Even for children, you can't just ask them to or request respect from them and you've not shown them right. that. But I feel like like you give respect, you should get it. And mm-hmm. a lot of elders have that sense of entitlement. Like a lot of elders and especially like the man like the man in my family mm-hmm. have that sense of entitlement where it's like, oh, like you have to respect me. But it's like you have to be careful how you talk to people. Mm-hmm. No matter what my age is. Like I'm still a person. Yeah. I still have feelings that you have to consider. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think when you start respecting everyone, that's where like you really tap into your to what you're supposed to be doing on this earth. I feel like just giving (laughs) respect to people older than you is, like, the dumbest. Like, I just can't. It's a real cliche. It's so cliche, and it's so misguided. Like, even they can track it back to, like, I don't don't know where it started. Like, if I could ask a question, I want to ask where that freaking tradition started like this and I'm sure it could probably be tracked back to the bible or something that they were taught mm-hmm. well you know that scripture the children obey your parents yes or something you should like that I should respect thy mother and father and like mm-hmm. that, yeah. yeah something like that um I'm sure it tracks back to to something of that nature where it was taught in these like big lecture or like you know church settings yeah and now and now it has like like you mentioned earlier, this you said like certain things go into households mm-hmm. from like the church. Yeah, and I think that's because people look at the church as like a resource for how they handle their affairs and their life, and mm-hmm. I think it's just that same thing. Yeah, it's just the craziest shit to me, honestly. Like, I, it's just <laughs> so hard for me to be in. In my, wasn't I was not because we have great times, but yeah. sometimes I get overwhelmed with everything. Um, mm-hmm. Observing my family because like. I don't know. But I can't also, like, I can't be a narcissist and be, like, I'm the only one noticing these things. You know what I mean? Like, or I'm, like, the I'm doing everything right type thing, and it's just not true, but... Yeah. I mean, you're just speaking from your perspective and and saying things from your experiences. You can't, like, cover everyone's experience. Absolutely. Absolutely. But, yeah, after all of that rich conversation, thank you for being here, by the way, um, again and again, um, <laughs> I want to exchange a healing practice, um, and I'm actually going to give you the instructions for the healing practice of the, pr- of the previous person I just talked to. Um, okay. So, here are your instructions. Step one. Um, go into a heavily populated space. Step two, 
sit down, um, get comfortable, somewhere where you can observe. Step three, observe how people are interacting with each other, treating each other. Step four, write down the, the interactions that weren't as pleasant or treatments that weren't, um, you know, pleasant. And make sure, step five, and make sure that you don't carry on that behavior the next day or then on. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. I think that's interesting because yeah. I feel like people, we tend to unconsciously, like, follow behavior or social norms mm-hmm. and we don't think anything of it. So, yeah. 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 I thought I that was definitely really nice. take up that challenge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was like, when he told me that, I was like, ah, oh, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like that. Yeah. But go ahead. With what? With your healing practice. I have to do it now? Yes, honey. <sighs> Give us some instructions. So you said go into a heavily populated place? No, no, no. You give me instructions for a healing practice. Oh. Um, I don't know. Because, like, well, you're already seeing the therapist, so I feel like that is. I guess it doesn't have to be for me personally. It could be for anyone because I yeah. am going to pass it on to the next person. Oh, so even so if they've already done it, honestly, just I really think that like first, if you for generational curses, I think making a list or identifying those generational curses, mm-hmm. and then just having a a a very non traditional conversation with like someone in your family to like bring those up. Mm-hmm. Don't ask them about it in regards to you, but just like bring it up casually. Like if you feel like you have an issue with love, just like sit down with your grandma and be like, Grandma, it's Valentine's Day. How you feel about love? What you mm-hmm. be doing about love? You've been getting flowers. <laughs> and see what they're thinking is about it and I'm taking those notes and then using it in your life and seeing like, okay, do I do this mm-hmm. because my grandma do it, or do I do this because this is who I am? Mm-hmm. And that yeah, is a I healing th- practice um, because you're identifying, you know, things that may hinder you. And in in that confrontation, you find, like, a little bit of healing. I love that. Yeah. That's, that's really great. Um, thank you so yeah. much, and I will pass that on to the next person. Thank you so much right. for being here. Thank everyone for listening. Peace.